Welcome to Genesis NFT by NFT's What The Fuck, hosted by me, Jamie Burke. We're doing a retrospective on the history of NFTs, its key moments and people, from counterparty to rare pepes, crypto punks and kitties, from Xcopy to Pack, and people's record auction. With the stories from the people inside the hurricane and hear their hopes and fears for its future, these episodes, now over 16 hours have been recorded, will be turned into a single audio documentary released as an NFT time capsule. Follow at NFTs WTF to keep updated on the drop on Twitter. I go under the name of uh, Robness. Um, actually, I, I'm kind of technically one of two of the outlier, uh, I, I like to say the rejects, uh, uh, kind of rebel rousers, possibly. Um, that's what other people perceive. I, I think I'm pretty, pretty tame, but maybe not. But in the ecosystem, I guess I'm regarded as uh, one that, that does take risk. Um, and believe me, I've, I've taken a lot of risks, uh, maybe stirred some pots and so forth. Um, but I'm known as one of the um, kind of kind of the curmudgeons at this point, because I've been in the space since 2014. But uh, I was able and fortunate and actually blessed enough to experience uh, the beginnings of uh, tokenized protocols uh, via the Bitcoin uh, counterparty protocol. So um, so that's my role in the space. Uh, and maybe possibly making a meme trash can, <laughs> you know, that time will, time will tell on that one, but uh, yeah, that's a good summation. Yeah. You are definitely the notorious Rob Ness. Um, so tell us what NFTs mean to you. The NFT uh, slash crypto art slash blockchain art. Uh, there's so many different terms within the last couple of years, but to me um, it's, it's an augmentation to uh, digital art, digital collection, but for me, art will always remain the same. It's, a, it's, it's an expression to me. So um, when I look at the NFT uh, technology, it's, it's a transmission. And it's just a way to experience art. I compare it to like the gramophone for musicians back in the 1900s, um, early, of course. But uh, and the way, the way I see the similarity is that uh, before, before the gramophone was invented, uh, there's, there, the only way you could experience music was going to live shows. Or seeing public performances. So when the gramophone was invented, you could take, you know, you could take the vinyl home, you could replay it as long as many times as you wanted. You could give it away to somebody; they could play at their house. Um, and so I feel that that experience that happened back then is happening now. And uh, when I see artists being super excited and, and trying this technology out, even today, uh, I I've I vibe off of that because I understand that that energy is so profound. And I, I don't think maybe maybe 10 years from now, they'll look back and, and start to see what this actually has grown into. And even for me, I don't even know where it's going to go, but uh, I'm, I know it's going to be exponential. So you mentioned earlier, Counterparty was like one of the first touch points for you uh, within digital art then, what we now call NFTs. But could you tell us the background story as to what got you into NFTs, the, the journey that you've had personally? Sure, sure. Um, you know, when I was using uh, Bitcoin during 2014 to about 2016, uh, it was mostly financial uh, trading and all that stuff. And, and it was Wild West. Even back then, it was just even crazier. But, um, it's funny, too, because the NFT thing is actually a Wild West. It's got the same crazy vibe. Even during the ICO era, there's like different points that act the same way. Um, but back then, uh, it was mostly just learning the technology, how you know the transmission of currency works in that framework. 
but around 2016, there were more experiments being made. And when Counterparty came out, which is a token protocol that actually lives still on Bitcoin today, although it acts like an old VHS uh, tape machine at this point, it's pretty clunky, but I, I still love it. You know? But when we were using it, um, we were able to create tokens, name them. And that was the first time I was able to experience uh, like creating your own tokens and uh, maybe possibly creating your own markets and so forth. And actually, I learned the, the first quote unquote like burn experience. You know, to create Counterparty, you needed to burn, uh, I think they burned 2,000 Bitcoins back in the day to create 2 million uh, Counterparty tokens to support the, the ecosystem uh, financially. And so from that point on, I was, uh, was using that and, and getting my teeth into that. And, uh, and then I came across a rare Pepe uh, asset and I go, hmm, somebody, uh, somebody made one of these. And then I looked into it further and I found a Telegram chat that was, uh, I think there was like only 30 people in there, maybe even less at the time. But, um, but yeah, I got in there, uh, found out that people were merging uh, artworks to the tokens that they're creating. And from that point on, we, we grew that Telegram group over the span of a year to about 1,600 people. It's, it's dwindled now because, you know, the, that era is over. But, um, but yeah, that's the first experience I had with, uh, with tokenization and art. And actually pretty much the, the beginnings of, of NFT art. Yeah. So you're most famous, notorious for pioneering trash art. And, you know, I've had the good fortune to speak to you, albeit in a, in a Twitter DM um, with this strange kind of caps lock on constantly, which is, is a, a bit jarring when, you, when you're speaking to somebody by text. But you, you kind of explained a lot of things about the trash art movement, what it represented, its kind of punk ethos. Um, so could you first tell us about trash art and its importance in the NFT movement and in its key defining moments? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, that, that art piece, uh, the 64-gallon toter, uh, was, was the quote-unquote genesis piece of the, of the movement. I almost want to call it an expression, if anything, you know, because a lot of people have uh, construed it different ways. But um, that piece was made on Super Rare. Um, it was a reactionary piece because a fellow artist of mine was removed for copyright issues and so forth, um, Max Osiris, and um, another fellow artist that I deem just technique-wise and style-wise. It's phenomenal work. But anyways, I considered him like a brother. You know, it was it was tough to see him get removed. And, and so from that point on, uh, I was I was using a, an app called Photomosh, which is uh, it's in the glitch art circles and vaporwave art circles before even, you know, the blockchain art thing happened. You know, I was using that for, for that style, that aesthetic, you know. And so I was using that and I was kind of getting pushback from some other artists, you know, and um, I'm not going to name because it's all it's water in the bridge at this point. But um, there was pushback when they found out what I was using. Um, and I remember I was actually on a run and I was thinking about this and I was like, you know, I'm going to I'm just going to own this and I'm going to call it trash gifts. And I'm just going to assume the role of this thing and, and be pride, prideful about it. And from that point on, I started I started making almost every art piece uh, using Photomosh up to that point. And um, at first, I was starting to make trash cans that were obscured, you know, so that people didn't understand. I just named them trash cans. And uh, it, the message didn't get across. And so uh, the 64-gallon toter 
came out. I made a blatant trash can. You could actually see it. It's got the RGB effect and it's doing that. And, and I just slammed it in the gallery. And, um, and then it was removed. Um, I believe Super Rares, uh, as mentioned, because they were afraid of the Home Depot and copyright and so forth, violation of terms and service and stuff like that. And, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I was fully cognizant of that as well when I did it. So I'm not, uh, not kind of say I was wrong here, you know. But so from that point on, uh, Darren Klein uh, wrote an article uh, called "Immutable Trash" and uh, highlighted the piece. And from that point on, other people in the community saw it. They read the story. Um, they vibed with the story and. Next thing you know, within the last year and a half, uh, you can type up trash in OpenSea and you'll just get flooded with remixes and homages. And it's beyond me, honestly. I'm quite humbled. It's, it's just uh, it's a blessing to see that. Um, but a lot of artists take it differently. You know, they, they see the, the piece as a, um, either a reactionary thing to uh, copyright or they see it as a, you know, freedom of expression and so forth. So, yeah, definitely blessed to see that. And as you say, it's kind of really got a life of its own. It's, I guess, a great illustration of how NFTs are very much leveraging or powered, fueled by mimetics. Um, and you've kind of mentioned this punk ethos with me offline, and I, it'd be great to kind of talk about, I mean, as you say, trash art represents different things to different people. It could be about copyright. It could be about deplatforming. Um, but what was the, what was, what does it mean to you? Maybe now is that different to what it originally meant? And, you know, what is this kind of a punk ethos component? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny cause you know, the word I'm actually intrigued by the word, the word punk itself, because, um, I feel it's just an attitude. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, I feel like the impressionists back in the day were punk, uh, pop art was punk for, uh, for its reactionary elements, you know? Uh, and, you know, Andy Warhol, you know, uh, embracing American em enterprise, you know, when everybody else was trying to be against that, I think it's punk, you know. So it's weird that, that the word is so strong, but, you know, throughout the ages, like even in music, like jazz was punk. So um, in regards to this piece, I almost feel like it's become type of like a digital folk art in itself. There's no, um, there's no elitist attitude to make trash art if you want to make a really, uh, quick slammed piece you know i was joking that if you know if you don't make a trash gift in under five minutes it's not a real trash gift you know so i i equate that I equate that to like punk rock where you know you can grab a guitar and learn three chords and within five minutes you can slam a, a a master song together you know and um and really just put out an expression true expression so um a lot of those uh, past uh movements i feel i feel it's the same you know i, I really do and there's other artists such as Jay Delay and uh, Second Realm and, and other people that have really taken uh, the, the trash art uh, idiom uh, to their own uh, per, um, perceptions and so forth. So, um, yeah, it's amazing to watch. So what do you think about everything that's happening in the space now? And, you know, how do you feel about the role of platforms in the space, both as gatekeepers and as... You know, people that are on platforms, businesses that are onboarding you know, new people into the space. Yeah, I, I, I understand the, the curation element. I understand what Super Rare is doing on Origin, uh, even Nifty Gateway. Um, I consider Nifty Gateway like almost like the pop area. Um, but, you know, I, I stress that I don't want to repeat the old uh, paradigm of, of the Internet where you only have, you know, four or five different entryways to, to experience the Internet, you know. I wish uh, 
you know, there, there was a point in time during the nineties where it was just open field. And, and I, and I think really, I think that ethos should be pushed out a little bit more. So it lasts longer, you know, I don't want it to, to end within 15 years and all of a sudden you just have these closed on ramps, you know? And, um, you know, I kind of see that. And even though OpenSea is is uh, probably like a, a very open platform, there are some things, you know, I mean, there, there are some limitations there. Um, uh, Rarible, uh, you know, when I was using Rarible, uh, one thing I did like uh, when I was when I was jettisoned from Super Rare and then had to use Rarible, I actually, you know, uh, kudos to Alexander uh, Solnikov. Uh, you know, he, he didn't question what we were putting up. You know, if we wanted to do memes or we wanted to uh, do some, you know, radical NFTs or whatever. He didn't say anything. We just put it up and we let the, the market decide. So I like, I like that element in crypto art and, uh, and, I, and I want that to continue. Now I have noticed the trend though, you know, um, for example, like foundation foundations, a new, um, a new platform and they have their own aesthetic quality to it. Um, but I realized that, you know, I think in the future, it, you know, with this technology, artists will, really empower themselves when they start making marketplaces on their own websites. You know, I'm, I'm considering making my own where you can connect, you know, web free wallet. And, and another thing too, is I have a lot of pieces, so it's hard to track a lot of the stuff I've made. I've made over like 400 or I've sold over 400 pieces individual. And, and I can only imagine somebody that's trying to find my material to track them all down. So I think, you know, I think that might be the next phase for sure. Yeah. So obviously you do have this amazing back catalog. I think when we last spoke, which I don't know, maybe was over Christmas 2020, maybe a bit before, um, certainly before a lot of the attention that's happened now in 2021. And you were saying, you know, this Genesis trash art piece was for a million dollars. And I, I looked at the price now and it's, is it like $36 million or $360 million? I, I don't know what it was. You, you have this back catalog. I do think it's a matter of time before people coming into the space acknowledge the role of trash art, acknowledge the role of you. How will you treat your back catalog? You know, would you ever sell it on Sotheby's NFT platform? That's a, that's a great question. You know, I've been actually, I've actually been considering that because not, 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 not saying I do. I'm, I'm just saying, considering that the situation, because um, I remember a time about a year ago when, uh, when almost every crypto artist was saying, Oh, you know, Screw the old art world, you know. <laughs> forget Sotheby's, forget Christie's, you know. We're the we're the new we're the new kings here, yeah. And uh, for some reason, all of that fizzled away, and I don't know where that came from. I think it's just one of those things where now I feel that there's an opportunity for these artists to come up really quickly, and you know, make that cash, you know. And um, I'm gonna be off the cuff here and, and and just say, you know, I think a lot of crypto artists should, should kind of check themselves for a second and realize, like, hey. You probably don't need Christie's and Christie's were going to hate me for saying this. Um, but uh, that was, that was the argument being made a year ago. And there are some people that still say it, but I find it funny that it is, uh, it's awfully gone quiet after the people drop and so forth. So, you know, I mean, I can only imagine a lot, almost every artist probably wants to get on the Christie's auction, but I feel, I feel in the future that, that I, I honestly believe that the Salvatore money will be beaten. Price-wise, I think that $500 million price tag will be smoked by crypto art in the future, um, just because the new asset class, uh, financially speaking, there are, I mean, the asset itself, Bitcoin and the market cap is just going through the roof. And, you know, I think about all those things. And so I'm not really too uh, concerned whether I get 
put on those platforms anymore or not. And actually, I'm doing quite well on my own. You know, uh, financially speaking, I'm not going to you know flex that, but I'm doing quite all right. And it feels nice to say that I possibly don't even need that anymore. So, yeah, so I do I do think about that quite a bit. So thanks for that question. Yeah, and look, you know, I appreciate the modesty because it's it's um, it's rare right now. You know, everyone's it's a nouveau riche of of uh, of the NFT space or like crypto generally for for some people just coming in. Um, obviously, you've been an OG both in terms of NFTs and crypto, but like how has NFTs specifically, not just crypto, but NFTs specifically changed your life? Oh, yeah. I mean, financially, it's changed everything. I mean, I <laughs> uh, let's just put it this way. You know, about four years ago, four or five years ago, uh, my life was totally different. Um, I'll share I'll share with you honestly. You know, I was I was homeless living in my car, you know, by the beach. I'd, I'd wake up every morning, six in the morning take an ice cold swim in the ocean and pretend to be a normal functioning adult um, to the rest of society when, you know, uh, some, some friends of mine figured it out and they're like, wow, you're doing a pretty good job of, of masking that. So, you know, uh, I, uh, I have no shame in, in, um, in saying what my position was uh, about five years ago. And, I, and, that, and, and, I'll, and also, too, that was after, that was after uh, the last bull run and I lost everything. You know, talk about a degen. I, I traded myself to zero, and so I, I learned a hard lesson. And uh, I was joking the other day. I think I was talking to Collector the Colborn on a on Clubhouse. I said, you know, thank God I had a spiritual back once, so I didn't jump out of a window. <laughs> but um, so you know, all those things happened uh, you know, four to five years ago, and um, and today, I mean, the uh, crypto art space and the collectors—it's changed my entire life. It really has, and um, I can't thank everybody that's involved, you know? And the great thing too, is a lot of these artists came from nowhere as well. I mean, I don't want to say nowhere, but you know what I mean? You know, for example, like Carlos Marcial is coming from, uh, you know, Mexico and just everywhere, uh, just every point on the planet, you know, uh, Osanachi, Nigeria, uh, uh, Matias C, Italy. Uh, it's, it's wonderful to see. Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing story to hear. I didn't know that. And um, I mean, that's, these are the things that I love about, the NFT spaces, these stories. Um, so do you think, like I, I speak to you now, and to be honest with you, whenever I've spoken to you, I mean, I've not known you through the whole time. I've only known you on Twitter. Um, we've never spoken before um, you know, verbally until now. Um, and, you know, everyone was like, oh God, you know, Robles, he's a nightmare. He's, he's you know, he's a troublemaker. Like, whenever I spoke to you, you seemed pretty chill. Now, do you think you're less Robles now because this has changed your life compared to the robness when you were perhaps struggling a bit more living in that car and and you know looking at what was going on in in the crypto space you know it's 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 funny because uh, i guess that's an artist uh, conundrum you know I, you, you you feel that you're you're the same but the perception of others has changed and so for me honestly uh my 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 outlook on life is uh, every day i wake up on blessed even even all through all the trials and tribulations that I've had to go through. And everybody goes through it. You know, nobody, for me, everybody has their own problems. If it's up in their head or it's a physical or it's a financial for me, like if it's a problem and you're considering some dark moments, it's like, it's a problem, you know? And, um, but you know, I mean, I, I'm going to say I'm the same, you know why? Because uh, I've been doing the same thing even during those times, you know, uh, 
you know, I'd, I'd handle my business during the morning and, and I'd, I'd be making art, you know, I'd be making art or working on music. Um, nothing's changed in, in my, as, as far as my production. Um, I will say maybe, maybe my, um, my outlook on making pieces, like I was, I was asked earlier today, um, you know, uh, how, how I look at my art objectively. And I, I think now I feel it's even more important because I feel like we're going through a new, entirely new renaissance of, of digital art appreciation cultural uh, art appreciation. Um, and so I think that might've changed, but other than that, still the same Robness. And I use the all caps as a, a it's funny that the all caps for me is a, I, I feel like if, if someone can handle me typing all caps in a conversation, they can, it's, it's almost like a filter. It's like, okay, they're really cool. They can, if they can handle this and not get angry about a mere character swap, you know, uh, okay, let's discuss some stuff. You know, <laughs> so. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome as a signature piece, and um, and I think it's really in in line in keeping with the whole ethos behind the work that you've been doing. So, finally, what what do you hope is the future for NFTs? I I hope that the base structure of how crypto art and the whole family was built. A lot of us were coming from different parts of the world and uh, they're, they're all family to me. You know, I, I have some, some beefs with some people, but they're family regardless. We're like one, just, you know, totally disgruntled family, but it's fine. You know, I respect everyone's work. Um, and I just hope that all the artists that have partaken within the last couple of years, remember where we came from and help the artists that are still trying to make the same road as we did. You know, we were coming from nowhere. Um, I try to make it a, a point that the, the capital that I gain from selling pieces and so forth, that I, that I invest in artists that are coming from, from, you wouldn't even believe where they would come from, you know? Um, for example, like, you know, back in, in music history, I always like, I always like hearing stories of how um, certain movements start but for example, like Motown, you know, Motown started in a house um, with some core core members, you know, and um, they they would grab musicians that were singing the gospel choirs, you know, in the churches down the road, and um, it was a real family unit. They didn't try to stick Elvis in Hitsville, USA. Do you know what I mean? And so, I, I just I just think that right now the crypto art family is, is a world tribe. We've we've all done our own, you know trials and tribulations and. And I hope that that can be spread to others that, that are trying to do the same. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love to see actually artists supporting new artists. Um, and it's amazing how common that is. You know, I, I would say a significant amount of NFT artists um, that are, have done well from this kind of first, second cycle, whatever you want to call it. Um, they're recycling those gains back into new artists. I think that's that's really fucking cool. Um, so, Robness, I mean, I, I love this one. It was really great. Thanks for your openness and candidness. Um, as I said, I think you've definitely you've got your you've earned your mantle in the hall of fame in NFTs. And I'm really looking forward to people hearing your story. Thank you, Jamie. If you if you don't mind, I'd like I'd like to give a shout out real quick to uh, we've we've had a, a developer pass away. Um, uh, a day or so ago and, uh, by the name of John VR. And uh, he was one of the core developers and uh, uh, counterparty. And uh, it was kind of a big loss for all of us. So I just wanted to give a shout out to, to his family and uh, the rest of the, the original family that helped begin this whole thing. So thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Robness, awesome. 
Thank you so much, man. That was awesome. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, like, rate, and review. We're going to be dropping two of these a week, so make sure you don't miss a beat. And also follow us on at NFTs WTF to keep updated on the NFT time catch will drop.